0: to their feet.
1: Okay, the very first senior coming up here, Nicholas Akers. Stand right beside that piano. Okay, just uh, real quick. Of course, just a small token of appreciation from promised land. Just hang on to that. You thought about what you're going to do with the rest of your life? Yes, sir. Okay, what you going to do? I'm uh, going to UAM in the fall. All right, good deal. And then you're going to be a See, I I didn't tell I didn't tell him I was going to ask him that question. All right, I'm excited. All right, Taylor Frisbee, come on up. Always double check my labels. Just stand right beside Nick. There you go, Taylor. We're excited to give you a, a small token of our appreciation. Just saying, congratulations. So. There you go. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? I plan on going to work for a year and then going to Votech to go to college. Amen. All right. You. Great. All right, Miss Jordan. If only she could sing. I'm telling you. She's listening to Bless Our Hearts with a special in just a second. All right. I want to let you hold that. We are excited. Not only just for all of you, but we're excited just to give you this small token of appreciation. So, what are your plans? I'm
2: going to go to ASU in the fall.
1: Headed to ASU. Uh, Another family member happened to go there? My brother. Your brother. (laughs) All right. Madison Riley. (laughs) And I'm trying to stay out of the way because I know you are taking pictures. Go ahead and have a. A place there beside Taylor and Madison, we're excited for you and your family. Your family usually fills up 900 pews. (laughs) And so, but we're excited for them and uh, always showing great love and support for you and all your activities. What are your plans?
2: I'm going to ASU in the fall. ASU, awesome.
1: Great deal. Representing. I'm going to have to call the college people up there and warn them. (laughs) All right, come on, Miss Taylor. There you go. Taylor Wells, stand there beside Madison Taylor. We're thrilled for you. Just another chapter in your life. It doesn't seem like it. And uh, you know, y'all were all in the third grade when I moved here. That's unreal. And uh, to see these young people grow up, they were all in the third grade uh, when we came to Promised Land. So we just want to say we're, we're praying for all of you, and we're super excited. What are your plans?
3: I plan to go to UAM in the fall and get my master's in psychology and be happy.
1: Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Good deal. You ready, Ms. Dana? Come on, Ms. Dana. And uh, our nurse... Anybody, I'm a fan of education. Go ahead and stand beside Taylor. I'm a fan. Anybody who pursues their education and continues, and hey, age is just a number. You just keep going to school, you just, and no, no matter what, the other day I was reading about a 73-year-old that got their master's degree, and I said, that's awesome. Zanna, we're super excited, especially, you know, not only being a wife and a mom and everything and pursuing her education, so what are your plans now?
4: To spend more time with my family. <laughs>
1: spend more time with her family. And uh, just want to recognize another senior that's present, Bryson Berry. Would you ease on up here? He's, he's been helping us out a lot. And uh he has been helping the youth group out, and he's going to be helping the, uh, the ensemble, the group that's going to be uh, performing in just a little bit, and y'all will enjoy them. So, Bryson, you're, you're graduating. You're headed somewhere. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? I'm going to UAM as well, and I'm going to go into pre-med. All right. All right. Y'all give them all a hand before you go. have a quick word of prayer, and then when you get seated back again, of course, for our high schoolers, uh, we have a slideshow and just kind of a go a trip down memory lane, and so let's have a quick word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for all of these young people, just everybody that has worked so hard to make this day possible, and there's a lot of people behind the scenes that have encouraged and worked and helped with homework and just all sorts of projects over the years. And Father, thank you for all the wonderful memories, both the good and the rough times. Dear Lord, you were always there with us. Thank you for helping us along the way. May we please you with the way we live our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met. Every single day of your life I'm the whisper inside That won't let you forget Hello, my name is Diffie This is amazing grace I know you recognize me This is failing love Just when you think you can win A I'll drag you right, right back, back down, down again And when you've lost all belief out of the one true king That I would be set free james I have been set free Amazing grace is the song I sing All that you've done for me Staring at a stop sign Watching people drive by T-Mac on the radio Got so much on your mind, nothing's really going right Looking for a ray of hope, you're an overcomer Stay in the fight till the final round, you're not going under Cause God is holding you right now You might be down for a moment, feeling like it's hopeless That's when he reminds you, you're an overcomer you're an overcomer G Jesus Jesus G he's just that name Jesus Hello my name Gee he's This is amazing Makes me an overcomer. When I wake up in the land of glory, and with the saints I'll tell my story, there will be one name that I proclaim hello my name is when i wake up in the land of Mary's glory and, and with the saints i will tell You're my story overcomer. there will be one name that i proclaim because lord i need you oh i need
2: to sing with me this morning because I've had the privilege of watching her grow into a beautiful, strong-willed Christian little girl. She and her family will soon move away. I will go to college, but our journey is done in here. And the other graduates sitting in front of me have a journey to fulfill also. I pray that each of us let our light shine for the Lord as we continue our journey. Though our light be little, our differences we make are huge in the sight of the Lord. a flame inside us all. Some shine bright, some shine small. The rains will come and the waters arise, but don't you ever no regret make the most of every chance you get let your eyes get wide when you look at the stars with the same sense of wonder as a child's heart with the ones you love treasure the time and for those who are gone keep the memories alive hold on to your dreams don't ever let go, there's a fire inside you, burning with hope. This little light of mine. My- Gonna let it shine there's a little light inside us all
1: thank you casey and jordan they did a fantastic job all of them did and enjoyed the group and uh, they you can ask them after uh after worship, what their name is. They were talking about different names, naming their group, but uh, they had some unusual ones. Go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. Of course, if you don't have a Bible, you'll be able to follow along on the screen in just a second. But 1 Kings 17, a change of direction. A change of direction. Yeah. These, uh, every one of us have a time in our life where our life changes direction. And, um, uh, And all five of these young people right now are about to enter into a new direction. When you leave high school, and many of you, of course, well remember. Some of you, it was a long time ago. (laughs) But you remember whenever you change direction. You go to college. You say, well, that's still going to school. But you change direction. Now, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Many people can have a change of direction no matter their age. You can have a change of direction. What you know, And sometimes God can change our direction. He can intervene in our life. Uh, let's all stand. I know you've been standing and sitting and all that. Let's stand one more time. Just to read this one verse together. One verse together. Whether you're looking in your Bible, up on the screen, God's holy word says this. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Father, I thank you for your holy word, and I praise your name, Everyone here this morning, may your blessing be upon our graduates, our seniors, our young people, because they are not our future, but our present. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Getting your morning, Sunday morning workout. Well, the very first thing, just looking at this uh, very first verse, if you notice that green part of the sign on the slide, this is the first point in the bulletin. It says this out on my own, and uh, some of you will be living at home, going to school. some of you are moving out, but a lot of times you know we can't wait, and I can't wait to get out on my own. I can't wait to get out on my own and and do this and but it seems like there's always a few surprises whenever we move out on our own, and you know surprises like you know, okay, where's my next meal coming from <laughs> Surprises like, wait a second, the clothes are dirty. What do I do now? Okay. There's surprises when you move out on your own like, uh, you know, is it okay to run the oil 10,000 miles before changing it? And uh, just things that come up that a lot of times we overlook or we take for granted and uh, that we don't often realize that there's a lot of people that help us behind the scenes. We can't wait to get out on our own. But according to this right here, let me tell you this, and a lot of times we say that because we say that I want to get out on my own because you know what, no one can tell me what to do then. And uh, But then we find out when we move out on our own that there's still people that tell us what to do. <laughs> and whether we're going to college or we work a job, there's still people that we stand before. Matter of fact, in this very first verse it says when he's talking to Ahab, Elijah was a great prophet. And he could say, well, nobody tells me what to do, but he says, I answer to the Lord before whom I stand. Not only do I represent him, but I answer to him. It's kind of like whenever you, uh, you have a last name. All of us have a last name. And most of the time we, we represent our family. And if we're a member of a church, we represent the church. And if we say that we're saved, we're, that means we represent the Lord in how we live, in how we act, in how we conduct ourselves. There's always somebody that we answer to. We're always going to stand before somebody. I think about, of course, you know, we're all standing. But I'm going to say this. All of us are going to stand for somebody. We're going to stand for something. Some people don't stand for the Lord. And uh, recently in the last two weeks, I guess, really not even that, um, this last Friday was a week, that our, our state made... Uh, national headlines for Allowing same-sex marriage And now it's been put on hold And now there's a lot of question marks Speaking of question marks But a lot of people don't don't like that And they want to stand for something They want to stand for what the Bible teaches And uh, But a lot of times people will Misrepresent Christians in thinking Christians are Against homosexuals And Christians aren't against Homosexuals We Are against their sin. We are against their lifestyle. We're against their choices. So you can understand this. A lot of times people think that because you disagree with the way the choices they make, that you don't care for them, that you don't love them. But you can love anyone. Matter of fact, Jesus said that love your enemies, love everybody, and answer to them in love, but stand against sin. Moving on quickly, I love the example of course, the three Hebrew children and uh represent my purple here this morning go ahead and shed my jacket and uh and just say and a lot of purple here this morning so be representing the three hebrew children Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego I think about that old Statler brother song they they wouldn't bend they wouldn't bow and they wouldn't burn Okay, that's a great old classic southern gospel song. Uh, back in the 70s, I think, it may go back further than that. But they wouldn't bend. They stood for something. They wouldn't bow. Basically, it became this. It was it became a state-run religion. In the country of, of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar said, I've got a state-run religion. You have to go to my church. And you have to denounce, deny... And disregard any other God. Do not, you cannot go to any other church. You have to go to mine. And whenever they played the the music, boom, you got to bow before the statue, the one I made. And you know what they said? Uh Uh-uh. They wouldn't bend. In other words, uh, it's like that old song, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. But the thing is, what are you standing for? You know, what did Elijah say? Before whom I stand. The Lord God gave me a message. Before whom I stand. This is who I represent. This is who I'm gonna stand for. I choose the Lord God that created everything. I choose the God Jehovah. I choose the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Before whom I stand, I'm gonna stand for Him and His Word. And these guys, you know what? I said, and this is, I love this quote. I love it. Because you know what it says? If God saves us, we're not going to bow down. And if he doesn't save us, we're not going to bow down. So they had the guts enough, go ahead, take your best shot. If you kill us, you kill us. We're still not going to bow down. As they went into the flames, and this artist's representation here, as the guys, the Bible says this, as the guys threw them in the flame, the flames were so hot that the guys who threw them in died. It was that hot. But notice, of course, as the Bible says, they didn't even get singed. <laughs> they didn't even get smoke smell on them. That's what the Bible says. The smell of smoke was not even on their clothing. If Their hair was not singed. All of those details are right there in God's inspired Word, Okay? Moving on next, God has a plan. Still in our text, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and uh, turn eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh. And this is Elijah. He's going camping by orders of Jesus. Okay, by orders of the Lord. And he's going to eat bread and flesh in the morning and eat uh, bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Now, looking at this next part that God has a plan, normally... None of us in this room, and I say normally, a lot of times we make plans without praying about it. God has a plan, okay? And a lot of times, think about this. All five of you, and of course, Zanna and uh, Bryson and all of our, all of our graduates at Hamburg, every one of them. Think about, what am I going to do when I get out of high school? And all of us that have already finished high school, we've thought about, you know, maybe you prayed about, what do you, God, what do you want me to do with the rest of my life? But you know what Elijah was doing here? He was doing exactly what God told him to do. And folks, let me go ahead and say, just because I'm a, a pastor, and I surrendered to preach while I was still a senior in high school. And so God was already intervening in my life. But you know what I did? I Even as I graduated, I said, you know what? I want to go to college, and I want to do what I want to do. And I'm going to have preaching. It'll be there when I get there. And uh, so I put it kind of second, maybe even further down than that. Still preaching, but it wasn't my primary part of my life. God had a plan. It was a miserable semester in my life, but God put a man in my way by the name of Brian Seminole. He said, hey... Come meet my father-in-law, who happened to be the dean at the seminary in Minden, Louisiana. And lo and behold, God worked all that up. You see, God intervened in my life, saying, Hey, listen, I do have a plan for you if you'll follow me. Many of us, and I, hey, listen, even since then, I have made plans before and not prayed about it. And I think all of us in this room have done that. We have made a plan. We've not prayed about it. And sometimes we get in a hurry can y'all remember when y'all were 18? Man, you couldn't wait. You, how much patience did you have at 18? Okay. <laughs> how much patience do you have now? Have you improved any? <laughs> you know, some of us, you know, we still have the patience at, at uh, you know, 68 that we had at 18. That, and certainly we need to improve on that. But a lot of us don't have the patience that God wants us to have. And so, you know, a matter of fact, God has a plan. I love this famous passage in the book of Jeremiah Chapter 29, speaking of God having a plan for your life. And looking at this in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And notice this in the King James Bible, it's going to say this. It's going to say right up here on this screen, it says, for I know the thoughts. Now, other versions uh, use a matter of fact, this thoughts means it'll say plans. And that's really what he's talking about. For I know the plans that I have for you, that I think towards you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me. And then it says, the King James says, it says, I will hearken unto you. But you know, obviously that means I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to you when? When you pray to me, and you ask me, what do you want me to do? What do you want to do for the rest of your life? I'll listen to you When? Verse 13 answers the question. You shall seek me and find me when? I won't even finish reading it. You're going to seek God, and you're going to find God when you do that verse right there. You and your life, if God's working in your heart, you know what that means? The creator of the universe has a plan for you. Have you ever thought about that? The creator of the universe, if he's bothering you, you know what that means? And in just a second, we're going to have a hymn of invitation and you can come pray at the altar or you can just come pray or you can make a decision right now, whether you're standing up in a pew, whatever, you can say, God, I really. You're tearing me up because you know what that means when God's tearing you up. You know what that means? He wants you to do something. If He's working in your heart, it means you need to make a decision. Sometimes it's the decision to do something. Sometimes it's the decision to change something. Is there something in your life that you need to change this morning? Is there something in your life that you've been holding on to that you need to give to Him? So many times, God has a plan, but we don't seek Him. God wants us to turn to Him and say, Seek me and you'll find me when? And that verse answers that. And then all of a sudden, here, Elijah's, he's having this campsite. And this campsite's great. And then in verse 7, we have a change of direction. <laughs> in verse 7, it says this. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. I love the saying that says this. When life gives you lemons, hey... It's positive thinking. I'm all about positive thinking. When life gives you lemons, in other words, the the everything goes wrong. Something breaks down. Something tears up. The family's having trouble. Your job's having trouble. School's not working out. You're failing a class. What can you do? Instead of saying, woe is me, pitiful me, I just can't believe. Say, what can I do to change this? What can I do to make this better? And then, you know, folks, all of us, basically, when it says the brook dried up, you know, so in other words, and because there had been no rain in the land, think about this. Now, I want to give y'all real quick, all five of you, a piece, a little warning. Something y'all do will not work out this semester. Just, I don't know what it is, but something you do will not work out this semester. How you respond is what I call the toothpaste rule. The toothpaste rule is this. whatever. When the toothpaste is squeezed, by the way, always squeeze toothpaste from the bottom, okay? Squeeze toothpaste from the bottom. That's the correct scriptural way to squeeze toothpaste. I hope you don't squeeze in the middle. I started the other day, I've repented. I've been squeezing in the middle for a few years. My wife made me do that. And, uh, but anyway, I repented and started squeezing from the bottom again. But you know what? It doesn't matter how you squeeze the toothpaste thingy, whatever that is. Whatever's inside is going to come out. Did y'all know that? Just a general physics rule. The same thing is true in y'all's life. When the devil throws you a curveball and everything falls apart... Whatever's inside of you, when you get squeezed, when you get squeezed in life, whatever's inside will come out. So whether it's Jesus, whether it's not Jesus, or whether it's whatever, whatever's inside, when we get squeezed, comes out. And life threw him a curveball. A brook dried up, a change of direction, how am I going to respond? I think about the widow woman situation. He said, I commanded a widow woman to feed thee there. Verse 8, real quick, y'all are doing awesome. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Still Elijah, remember, everything's dried up. And now we have what I call empty-barrel graduate school. Empty-barrel graduate school. Verse 8 says, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, verse 9, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Uh, she's going to take you in. And so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he had gone, come to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, "'Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand.' And she said, "'As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake,' which just means kind of like a loaf of bread, "'but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise, a little bit of cooking oil, a little bit of flour. And "'Behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die.' Why was she saying this? There's a famine in the land, okay? And Elijah said to her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house—notice she and he and her house—all of her family did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not means it never ran dry. Neither did the crews of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. And this, what I call this empty barrel graduate school. You know, some of these, I don't know, I'm going to the Hamburg graduation. I have, I think I've only missed one the last 10 years. This will be my 10th one to go to. And uh, the, uh, but some of them graduate with highest honors. Now that's saying magna cum laude, and uh, it means with highest honor, with great praise. Now some of us think of, uh, we graduate magna cum laude, or we graduate thank the Lordy, Okay. <laughs> You know, some of us graduate either way, so magna cum laude or thank the Lord. So God is going to, no matter what is going on with your graduating skills, God is going to use somebody or something that you weren't expecting. This fall, something or someone that you were not expecting is going to help you along the way. And that's what happened with Elijah here. He wasn't expecting... Oh, I have to go to Zarephath? I can't remember the last time I went to Zarephath. And what? A a widow lady. She's going to help you out. I love this miracle, which is really cool. I mean, think about it. Every time she went to open the little container... You know, I look at that empty barrel there. And uh, every time she went to open her little barrel, little container or whatever... It still had flour in it. It still had the meal in it. And so every time she said, well, I'm making another cake. And every time she poured out enough oil to do the cooking, it poured out. She put it back. Well, it's almost empty. But guess what? God can run on almost empty. Okay? God can run on almost empty. When you follow Him when you give what you have to him that's what i call empty barrel graduate school most of us never graduate from that school we won't take a step of faith we won't try something we've never done think about this she could have said you're crazy that's foolish that's the most foolish thing what about me and my family i can, I'm, there's no way in the world i'm going to church because i don't have enough for whatever to go to church there's no in the way in the world i'm going to trust god because i just can't see how this is going to work that's That's the craziest planned preacher I've ever heard in my life. But she didn't say that. She said, well, I I believe that you're a man of God. Matter of fact, it says later, whenever, especially when he raised her son, he says, I not only believe, but I see now how it works in your life. But some of us, God's going to use that great thing and trust. And I call this a step of faith. So it says here that she went and did, verse 15, she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. But so many times in our life, we, God tells us what to do. God tells us what to do, yet we don't do it. So she says, okay, I'm just going to, It's what I call a step of blind faith. The other day I was preaching and I called it 12 seconds. If any of you've ever seen uh, that movie, We Bought a Zoo, great family movie. But in there, one of the uh, actors said this, If you want to do something, if you want to ask the girl out, if you want to do something, all you need to ask the girl out is 12 seconds of insane courage. If you want to ask the girl out. Just 12 seconds of insane courage. But folks, most of us will muster up 12 seconds of insane courage to ask somebody something. But how many of us will muster up 12 seconds of insane courage for the Lord? 12 seconds of insane courage for Jesus Christ and say, I will do something that just no way in the world it doesn't. Folks, think of this. That's what I call crazy faith. Crazy faith is this. I'm going to try something and there's no way in the world it will work unless God's in it. That's what I call crazy faith. I'm just going to trust God. A crazy set of faith. I'm just going to trust Him and try this and do this. So many times we're scared. Matter of fact, in verse 13, Elijah said unto her, fear not. Fear not. Now, this, this fear not is not talking about, uh, a run for the hills scared. Say, uh, some of, is anybody in here just have any fear of snakes? Anybody in here afraid of snakes? Some of you admit that. I'm afraid, but I ain't telling a preacher about it, not in church, you know. You know, somebody, hey, there's a snake, run, look out, there's a snake, get away, get away from that. You know, and some of us will just, if we see, some of you may react that way to a mouse. I don't know. You know my wife y'all don't you know she doesn't look like she can hop on top of the couch, but she can she there she has athleticism that you have not seen. Just bring a mouse around and there's athleticism will come out but you know what many of us God is not talking about that kind of fear when he says fear not, he's not talking about a run for your life fear he's talking about A lack of faith fear. Because if many of us are afraid to do something for God, we're afraid. But folks, we're afraid. But we have good news. I'm going to say this in closing. A crazy and as simple as it sounds. Verse 15 says this. She went and did that. And God fed her family. It says, and she and, her, she and he in her house ate for three and a half years. That's how long the famine lasted. Three and a half years, she and her family ate out of a little barrel. It's really, basically, it wouldn't be a barrel like you and I think of a barrel, but just a small container, a barrel, a container of flour, ground up meal. And a little thing of oil. What crazy thing would you be willing to do for Jesus? Just a simple act of faith. And say, God, I will. I'll trust you. I try not to be afraid. As we prepare for a hymn invitation. Would you bow for a word of prayer with me? Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Father that uh we would just trust you when sin or life the devil or whomever it may be throws us a curveball when life gives us lemons we need to ask you lord where's the blessing where's the silver lining That you want us to see when things fall apart. Father, when our plans don't work out, if we haven't prayed about our plans, help us to turn to you this morning. And Father, most of all, the good news that we should share is that you love us. And if there's somebody here this morning and they've never given their life to you, they've never given their heart to you that they would this morning. That they would ask you to save them. We'd repent of our sins and say, Jesus, come into my life and save me. Dear Lord, whatever you want us to do, help us to give in to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.